Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Reconsider, part of the Agora Podcast Network, where we don't do the thinking for you. Real quick, before I get started, I want to say thank you, thank you. We got some amazing new patrons recently, including some very big spenders. I'm just going to call out in particular here, Jonathan, who I wrote back saying like, holy smokes, thank you. And I really want to, you know, make sure that I get a signed copy of the book to you and all the other stuff that I owe you because I'm going to owe John an episode as well. And he said, hey, guys, I just want to let you know that I really appreciate what you're trying to do and hope you keep it up for however long it takes for being inflammatory to go out of fashion in the United States. And, you know, I was just like really touched by this. And I just wanted to say, Jonathan, thank you. And uh, I also got some great questions from Oleg recently for our next questions Q&A, which I'd actually like to do really soon. So uh, if anyone is keen on joining that Q&A or adding a bunch of questions to that Q&A that are guaranteed to be answered, you can sign up to be a patron as well at patreon.com slash reconsider. Actually, somewhat recently added some more marketing oomph uh, with a great external partner uh, but we're actually a little behind on our monthly expenses so we're we're burning money each month and we don't have much of a bank account so uh, if anyone is thinking hey now's the time then that would be awesome because it could get us to this point that we're really sustainable so with that on with the show Today's episode is called Social Shaming, and the reason is uh, I get to do a lot of like thinking in the shower or on drives, and one of the things I was thinking about was I think that a lot of societal breakdown that we are for sure seeing is potentially due to human psychology, but it might be due to some you know new ways that that human psychology interacts with the world around us that we don't expect. And generally speaking, if I have a single unified theory of drivers of social breakdown in writer, you know, essentially like Western democracies right now, because it's kind of happening everywhere, it's that we have a psychology that's designed by evolution to survive in evolutionary conditions, um, prehistorical conditions. So small tribes, a lot of danger, not a lot of sources of information outside of people you don't know. Right. And doing things the way that they used to be done is usually a good thing because the way that it was done before kept you, you know, got you here in the first place. And it's running up against technology for the first time that it really can't handle and it is going crazy trying to confront. So, for example, this is probably why social media is so harmful for teenagers. Right. You know, teenagers, they, you know, it's funny, uh, my wonderful lady and I, we were watching kids. We were at the beach. We were just watching kids play. And, you know, we saw some boys all kind of like wrestling. Right. And they were like either brothers or 
or they were friends and they were wrestling and they were like you know it's funny they were uh when one of them would win or when they were challenging each other they'd like make these kind of like gestures and sounds almost like they were like chimps you could see like our evolutionary ancestry in them as like you know you see the same thing in puppies right you see the same thing in like other mammals like young male mammals like practicing to fight because it's like a thing you know and she was talking about how when she was young as a young girl she was looking for connection either with fake things or real things so uh, or with people or or with like dolls and such and um and so with teenagers what we're often seeing is people trying to you know as people who are like on their way to becoming adults and starting to become beings who can reproduce you know starting to try to figure out what their social hierarchy or where they are in the social hierarchy and there are all these games for that it's part of why being a teenager is stressful for everybody no matter where they are right and what happens with stuff like instagram and facebook well it just takes this and puts it on absolute steroids and turns it into a game that you cannot possibly win right you can never be done you can never stay on top in a way that like you know you remember the movie mean girls like there were the girls on top and the girls not on top and but at least it was clear right so everyone could kind of relax right like as a teenager i was a teenager kind of before the social media age uh really fire actually at all facebook wasn't even a thing till i was in college um you know i was on the bottom of the pecking order but like i knew where i was in the pecking order and like me and my nerd loser friends could go hang out and be nerd loser friends there was stability there was clarity and it was in a way kind of okay but now you know you're playing this game you know we were again on the beach we were watching okay so i guess i have a lot of my uh realizations talking with my lovely lady but we were we were watching one young girl who was just constantly like for hours because we were just sitting on the beach for hours watching the sunset for hours doing like stuff in front of a camera over and over and her poor like dad and brother and mom were just like oh man come on they were trying to like figure out how to tolerate her doing what was clearly stuff for tiktok so that she could like put it on tiktok and get likes because like this human mind wants you know when you're a especially when you're a younger person you crave the approval of your peers so much right we already knew that and like kids will do dumb stuff for that right would you jump off your bridge if all your friends did well yes mom i probably would right because i need their approval and you know and tiktok seems to be this place where you can simulate approval through stuff like attention and likes i mean same thing with instagram facebook all this stuff but it had clearly gotten into her mind and she was just doing the same thing over and over uh, or similar things in front of this camera over and over to try to get the perfect shot for tiktok and she wasn't able to just be at the beach and i know like i sound like a crotchety old man to some people but she looked like a rat in a cage right she looked like a rat in a cage with like a little dopamine button that she could hit that they experimented with in the 60s and the human mind is not ready to deal with this right and it's i personally think it's not healthy for this girl to be spending hours you know hours and hours uh, just like dancing in front of this phone and dealing in particular like internal experience that she's having that anxiety of trying to impress other people and get that you know kind of artificial dopamine and serotonin loop response from something like TikTok or Instagram or etc right so here's an example of how you know human psychology which is designed to you know in our teenage years do something which is kind of like establish popularity and pecking order and, and like learn how to you know learn how to like be a, a primate right with a bunch of other primates how it kind of goes berserk when it runs into certain technology and unfortunately there's like a feedback loop where developing said technology is uh rewarded right there's an incentive to develop technology that kind of takes those behaviors and cranks them up on overdrive in order to get humans to use that app more and this is a very long way of saying tiktok bad but it's because there's this feedback loop to develop
develop technology to get us to do a lot of stuff that we are evolutionarily already designed to do, but with a feedback loop that cranks it into overdrive. I've also talked about this evolutionary phenomenon when talking about where we get our information from, right? We tend to get information from people who seem like us, right? Who are part of our tribe. You know, we've been talking about tribalism since 2013. Um, why? Well, it's because our tribe is alive, dang it, right? And like, we have a way of doing things and that way of doing things and that way of seeing the world, you know, if you think of prehistory, well, dang it, we survived, right? We made it this far. That's a good thing. And so if the people around us, if the people in our tribe all say like, hey, we should do things such and such a way, well, then by golly, you know, it's worked for probably thousands and thousands of years. So messing with it is probably not a good idea. And so we're used to going, okay, you're like me, you're part of my tribe. And so you are, you know, you're probably right. And if you're not part of my tribe, well, maybe you're right for those people over there, but you're not right for us. And so I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to reject what you have to say. Right. So very common. We see the Russians exploiting this. Again, this is where it runs into technology hardcore. It's not just that we get bubbles. It's that it's very exploitable that the Russians will, in 2016, they created all sorts of Facebook groups, both left-leaning and right-leaning for uh, Sanders and for Trump, saying, ooh, you know, I'm we are real American people who share your values, right, person? Uh, we share your values, and we both think Hillary Clinton is bad, right? Like, we're from the right, we think Hillary Clinton's bad. We're from the left, we think Hillary Clinton is bad. And Russia was able to use this kind of tribalist notion in the minds of Americans to help Hillary Clinton lose the election. And then there's a third that I want to talk about today that I find very interesting, which is social shaming. And I think that it is yet another unintended driver of radicalization and partisanship in the United States. So how did we get here? Well, first things first. Once again, with my lovely lady, and this is why I'm starting to realize that all my good thoughts recently are coming from her, we were in the car listening to a podcast called Second Date Update, which is pretty trashy uh, and a lot of fun, where, long story short, what happens is someone calls these, like, shock jock radio hosts, and shock jocks they are, and says, hey, I went on a great date with someone, and I'm trying to get, you know, back in touch with them, and they ghosted me, and I was hoping you could call them and and talk to them for me, right? And so every now and then, this, like, turns out pretty well, because there was just some misunderstanding and this conversation gives everyone the opportunity to talk and usually it ends laughably badly because of course you know if you're trying to get in touch with someone after a date and they don't want to talk to you there's a good reason why so we were listening to one and it was a man calling in about date he'd gone on with a woman and what had happened was apparently they'd had a great date you know you always get the person calling in to be like hey nothing went wrong i can't think of anything and it was always something terrible in this case what it was was you know the shock jocks call the woman he went on the date with and she says oh no he's a handsome guy seemed all right he's kind of weird he like bought me perfume on our first date that i didn't ask for and i tried not to take and I couldn't but then he followed me home and he starts defending himself he says well you know I just wanted to make sure she was safe and she said well you'd asked me if I could you know if you could follow me home and I said no I'm fine I'm a big girl um I can do it myself well I'm a gentleman and apparently you don't appreciate gentlemen and then he starts calling her all sorts of names he starts using the b word and the c word and all sorts of stuff and the shock jocks are now like hey man hold on like this is not okay you're wrong right you're in the wrong here she's an adult she has the right to not be followed home if she doesn't want to be and then he starts freaking out on the shock jocks and unfortunately it was at first only the women on the radio show who are telling him that he was clearly just you know being a creeper but then he starts calling women in general all sorts of bad names um and he says oh you two are just like her you're all selfish and you know if you've ever been on reddit or the internet you can see where this is going this guy is kind of an incel he's going down like a hardcore misogyny path 
And I was talking to my lovely lady after this, and we realized, like, you know, this guy, he is, you know, he's getting this feedback. He's getting, like, now this entire group of radio shock jocks to gang up on him and say, like, no, you've really got a problem. This is not okay. And he is absolutely uninterested. He's hardening his position that he's the gentleman and nobody understands chivalry anymore and all this stuff. He just hardens his position. And we know the boomerang problem. But what's happening here is he's being socially shamed and it is backfiring, right? And we were able to, you know, my lovely lady and I, we were able to look back and immediately say, like, look, this guy is just going to fall further down a rabbit hole. You know, he has friends who listen to this and they're going to say, yeah, you know, some of them are going to say, dude, this is effed up. You can't do this. He's going to reject them. And then he's going to have some friends that are probably already also deeply misogynist who say, yeah, you're in the right, man. You know, that B word and those C words, they don't understand you and they don't deserve you anyway. And he's going to then isolate himself further, not just because he's hearing what he wants to hear from certain people but because he's hearing what he doesn't want to hear from certain people and so you know what's going on imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with bowl and branches organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96 percent replied that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15 percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The shock jocks are trying to use social pressure to get this guy to behave right, to change his behavior. He's clearly behaving in a deeply unacceptable way and in a way that is unfortunately, you know, we just have to address like quite dangerous, right? You know, unfortunately, like we may learn later, this guy does something terrible to some woman who, you know, doesn't conform to this guy's misogynist ideas of how women are supposed to behave. And, you know, unfortunately, we can't do anything about it right now. But the bigger point is that he has some very strongly held beliefs and it's very common for humans. This is where the evolutionary psychology part comes in, right? It's very common for humans to hear someone say certain things that we are like, hey, this is way outside the norms, right? We talk about the Overton window or we talk about, you know, norms for our tribe. And we say, hey, this is way outside the pale. This is beyond the pale. We can't accept it. We try to shame people into at least suppressing that, at least like, you know, even if they're not going to change their mind, at least keeping them from expressing that or acting it, right? Because the idea is, look, if you shame people, they'll be quiet and they won't spread their their hate or they they're less likely to act and so that's what's happening with these shock jocks and of course this guy somehow walks away you know it seems a little crazy because like you know if you like get caught you know stealing candy or something right and a bunch of people catch you you're gonna feel shame you're gonna be less likely to do that but in this case when this guy gets shamed he just gets angry right and he's like oh, all these people are out to get me right and can you think of a lot of people in america right now who think like people might be out to get them there's a certain family member of mine who thinks that the cops are out to get them sometimes and it's like they don't share notes dude right the cops don't like across different states don't all go like "Ooh, you anyway but so this guy now thinks that the world is out to get him. Um, he's the hero and everybody else is bad. Social pressure failed. He didn't feel that shame that you and I might expect that we'd feel if we got caught some, doing something that we think is bad, 
right? But if you have a bunch of people trying to shame you for doing something you think is good, you're not going to feel shame. You might feel humiliated, right? Let's say, for example, you know, I know someone who went to Planned Parenthood to get tested for STIs because they had been sexually assaulted. And someone, you know, they had a bunch of Christians, you know, like angry Christians outside calling her a whore, right? Well, she didn't feel shame. She felt angry and indignant. And because one, she wasn't even going to get an abortion in the first place, right? Um, but two, all it did was harden her idea that these anti-abortionist activists are just terrible people. And so, you know, or the problem with this guy is he was not getting feedback from his sort of core tribe. He felt he had this place he could retreat to. He didn't think he was doing anything wrong. And what he's going to do after this call is he's going to go back and kind of sort through who of his friends are his allies and who are his enemies. Now, let's say he even finds out that many of his friends are his enemies, right? Uh, you're not with me, you're against me. Well, it turns out he can go online and cry about this, right? He can go to like incel boards and he can talk about how terrible women are. And they'll be like, yeah, man, yeah, I had a similar experience of a time I tried to, I was being a gentleman, I was trying to walk a girl home and, you know, she was just the meanest, you know, B word and C word to me. And so you can go get these notions that you have reinforced and Unfortunately, I think what's going to happen is if we try too hard to shame someone for having these bad notions in the first place, they're not going to go, oh, snap, maybe I got to change what I'm thinking or what I'm doing or what I'm saying. Maybe some of these folks have a point. I think they're more likely instead going to say, hey, F you, I want nothing to do with this. I feel like the victim here and I'm going to go to a place where I can be a victim for being shamed rather than feel like I'm the villain. So if you're familiar with the drama triangle, there's the victim, the villain, and the hero. When you're shaming people, you're trying to make them feel like they're the villain. But if you make them feel like the victim instead, they're going to go find a bunch of other people who tell them, yes, yes, you're a victim, poor you. And they're just going to, you know, keep doing what they're doing to make it even worse. So... And I think this is happening a lot. Like, I think this is happening, you know, again, I'm, I live in a more liberal circle. So I think this is happening where we try to shame people for not wearing masks, right? And I tried to do it before and it's blown up in my face. It's very frustrating. Uh, and now I'm afraid to do it because I'm just afraid of like an altercation, right? And I think that's what, you know, people who have been shamed for not wearing a mask, right? They feel like a victim. They feel like the person trying to shame them is a villain. And they actually probably really enjoy fighting back. Right, make us stink about it. Right, you see videos of this online where you know people are in a store and they don't have a mask and they love pulling out their own phone and videoing themselves being total a holes to everybody around them because they feel like a victim or they feel like a hero, but they feel like there are these villains around them who are trying to shame them for standing up for their rights as Americans. And I think there's other stuff that's blowing up for the left here too. Is you know one example is there's a lot of effort to shame people for not getting on board with using someone's preferred pronouns, right? And this shaming can be very public and it can seem performative at times. Um, it could be virtue signaling at times, but it's the kind of thing that doesn't make, I think, as far as I can tell, people who aren't on board with the concept of like being transgender, I don't think it makes them more likely to say like, well, you know, and I'll just use their pronouns. You know, it does seem to like make these folks who again, don't understand or, or believe in or, or agree with like the kind of transgender theory you know social theory make them believe that you know the left are a bunch of kind of like villains who are out to control you right like this is kind of like the anti-woke reaction has come from the woke crowd which is a thing right like brigading people right and trying to cancel everybody who says stuff that they don't like to hear whether or not those people are bad people right there's a concentrated kind of online mob social shaming effort by the woke left or the woke part of the left that has been backfiring a lot and probably been hardening the right wing. And so why do we keep socially shaming people when it seems to not work? 
Well, again, I think this is because it does work conditionally. Good example, right? If I steal stuff and I get caught, I'm going to be ashamed. Feel shame, I'm going to be less likely to do it. Why does shame make me less likely to do something? It's because I'm afraid of being, why does feeling shame, right? Not being ashamed, not someone doing the shaming, but why does me feeling ashamed that way or shame do that? It's because we're afraid of being socially ostracized, right? So if you go back to evolutionary humanity, there's a good reason to try to control people's behavior and keep it from deviating too much. Because if people's behavior deviates too much, you stop doing the things that worked, that kept you alive, and then you might die. Right? And we don't want to die. So it was the humans, if we think about, you know, tribes evolving, it was the tribes that tended to control behavior, you know, among their people through shame, right? And so like, hey, this isn't the way we do things. Bad, 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 right? They tended to survive because too much chaos, too much dice rolling was a really bad thing during the evolutionary period. So we've all learned to shame each other. And that shame can even lead to social ostracization, right? Like tribes would get rid of people who were too weird, too crazy, too different because they were a risk to the tribe because the tribe's survival was the most important thing. So this tendency we saw keep going well into history, right? Social shaming is, you know, whether it's among teenagers or whether it's among adults is nothing new and it's nothing strange. It's it's part of every society. So if we go back and like study what anthropologists tell us about past societies, there are always social shaming mechanisms, some of which are highly ritualized. So one example we can see to know how strong this is, is running the gauntlet, right? You've heard the term running the gauntlet. What is it? I think if you see the, uh, it's the show like Vikings or something, there's someone commits like a petty crime and the Jarl or the Thane or whatever says you have to run the gauntlet. And uh, sorry, I was very Scottish. Uh, apologies to all people of Northern European descent for that one. But, you know, you have to run the gauntlet. And so what happens is, you know, this person's village like fellow villagers line up on down two lines and this guy has to run between them and they're all going to throw stuff at him. Some people throw like rotten food. Some people throw poop. Some people throw rocks, right? So it can be, it is shameful and it is also painful. And once you've run the gauntlet, you've paid for your crime, right? And we can all now move on, right? So it's this very ritualized, humiliating experience that you have to go through because what, why? Because that Nordic society is trying to enforce certain behaviors. If you break laws in a minor way, you're going to get shamed. We see in medieval England, uh, David Crowther's amazing History of England podcast. He talks about if you're caught adultering or if you're like your marriage is kind of like blowing up, up in a public way, the village will get together and like put you and your spouse through a basically like a public like carrying you through shame, shame kind of thing. Just like Cersei when in Game of Thrones when she got caught, you know, having sex with her brother, right? Shame, shame. Um, this kind of public shaming thing was a big part of ritual holistic social control to keep you from doing things that were way too outside of the norm, right? And so, uh, you know, and it works really, really well when you depend on these people around you for your, like, emotional survival and your physical survival, right? And so in pre-industrial evolution earth this worked really well it was probably all you really needed you needed a well-defined set of rules and you mostly just needed social shame to deal with them there were a few crazies out there who went well without the lines they were like outlaws right you know they'd like you know hammer up you'd cut their hands off or uh you know they get thrown in jail but for most people most of the time to get people from being too weird this is all you needed it works very well when you are stuck inside your group 
Um, pre-internet, at least, so post-industrial revolution, pre-internet, this worked pretty well. There was more mobility, right? So, like, if you were sufficiently ostracized, you could get up and move. You weren't going to die. You had to go somewhere else. But you had to be accepted with some sort of geographical group. Right. So you had to find a group of people with a certain geography that would accept you. Right. And so if you think about it, you know, if you're like very liberal or like, you know, you're gay and you're growing up in Kansas, you're like, I'm out of here, man. I'm going to San Francisco. But then you have to conform to like the gay, you know, San Francisco scene. Right. And their norms. You don't have to conform to Kansas. You're not stuck in Kansas, but you do have to conform to some group's norms. That's very geographical. Right. And that geographical limitation means that you've only got so many options and you can't create group norms that are too you know precisely defined and the problem now is that you can just choose a new group all the time and so what this means is it's much easier to create new groups online that are based on what you think and what you believe and what you feel this is why there are incel groups now there weren't big incel groups before the internet why because there weren't big groups of incels right you couldn't find a bunch of them in one place if you were an incel you were always ostracized you were always on the outside and you might do something terrible right but you're on your own and so this means that like you're not going to have this reinforcement in this way that you can have now where you can go get a bunch of people telling you how right you are and how wrong everyone else is so and I think this is why now people are more likely to go down weird rabbit holes than they used to be, right? So like I, for example, you know, I have some political beliefs that are like not mainstream Republican or mainstream Democrat, and I get some flack for it, but there's nothing I think that's so extreme, or at least I don't think so, but I get ostracized. Like I'll get in arguments with people, but like, you know, people around me, they assume I'm smart. Most of them know I have a degree in political science. So they're like willing to give me a bit of a benefit of the doubt, even if they think I think something really weird compared to them. And, you know, when I get to hear and have this show and I can point people up. Anyway, point being, right, I disagree with people and, like, people get even angry. There'll be some minor social shaming going on, but not ostracization, right? Whereas, like, if we go back to the beginning of the show and we found out, like, you found out one of your friends was, like, a creeper stalker guy and a misogynist and he called women the B word and the C word for disagreeing with him and not accepting his form of gentlemanliness, right? We would ostracize this person. Likely, right? Maybe if you're really close with him, you try to have a talk with the guy, but it's probably not going to go well in the first place. So he gets ostracized. Then what? He goes to another spot. And so it's the very, it's the thoughts that are beyond the pale that get people driven out of a normal social group. And then they go seek a new social group. Because if you look on Maslow's hierarchy, right? Belonging is a fundamental human need. People are going to go seek that belonging after it's been taken away from them. We take away that belonging from people because we have an evolutionary, tendency to want to socially shame people for misbehaving because through 99.9999% of our history, it's been a way to control people's behavior. It's been a get way to get people to wear the damn mask, for example, right? I want so much when I see people not wearing their damn mask to yell at them, right? But I have to resist because I know it won't actually work. They've been yelled at before. It doesn't work because the reason they're not wearing a mask is they've already found a group of people that are like, oh yeah, masks are for sheeple. Right? And it's not all geographical. I literally, I live in San Mateo. This made it to the front page of Reddit. There was this guy, I will never forget. He's videoing himself without a mask, of course, just walking through downtown San Mateo, my home, yelling, Libtards! Li I swear I'm not even changing his voice. This is his voice. Libtards! Um, for minutes, right? And you see a bunch of people that glare at him that are like ready to deck him, right? But socially shaming this guy, either through a physical altercation or through yelling at him, won't 
dissuade him. In fact, he's probably got crazy enough that he's looking for a fight, right? And we see that too. Maybe I'll do another episode on that, right? You see people looking for a fight. They want to feel like a victim, right? And it's interesting. Nobody gave this guy what he was looking for. Nobody picked the fight with this guy. They just kind of like watched him humiliate himself, but he didn't feel ashamed for his behavior. And he didn't feel ashamed, certainly for not wearing a mask. And so what I'm getting to is that it is like, it is almost certainly usually going to be way too late, for us to socially shame someone into behaving unless we're really close with them. Like, unless we're their, like, really fundamental friend or family group. And even then, it's a little dodgy, right? And that's, like, a big part of the challenge we have today is that, you know, there are a few people in my life that if I sat down and was like, dude, you've lost it, right? They'd listen to me. But most of the people we run into into society aren't like that. And most of the people who have lost it have found a bunch of other people who have lost it, right? And Again, whether this is like purely psychologically lost it or they have, you know, or they have somehow, you know, developed like an extreme form of partisan thinking. There's no way to help them with social shaming anymore. And unfortunately, socially shaming them harder strengthens their sense that they're a victim, um, pushes them further away from mainstream society where they're going to be exposed to, you know, differing ideas and pushes them deeper into whatever like weird effed up rabbit hole is like full of incels or QAnon people or like anarchists who want to like occupy Seattle and like all those whack jobs, right? We push them deeper into that so they can get this sense that they're okay, um, who they are is great, and everyone else is bad. And so we know the rest, right? Because this reinforcing means like hard bubbles for these folks. Fracturing occurs rather than regression to the mean that you'd expect. You have people accelerating towards disparate groups with mutually incompatible realities around them. Because when someone comes out and tries to enforce their external reality through social shaming, it backfires. So in conclusion... Our ape behavior to use social shame to reinforce norms is backfiring big time. Honestly, I don't know what the alternative is, right? Right in, especially if you study a lot of psychology. I've been thinking about psychology a lot. I'd love to talk to a psychologist, especially an academic who like thinks about this stuff. But like our, that deep instinct you have to yell at people when they're like being total a-holes, when they're not wearing their mask or et cetera, right? That's not just you being also an a-hole. It is a deeply evolutionary part of your mind that was critical to our survival and critical, frankly, to a lot of our, you know, society functioning in pre-industrial society. Now, it wasn't always good because we also, you know, prevented innovation. You know, Galileo was almost, you know, killed and thrown in jail and stuff like that, right? Like new thought, like always dissuading new thinking is bad. And just using social shaming to keep people from thinking or saying stuff you don't like has been used in the past. So it's been used ill as well, but it now has like kind of no chance of working for good either. And that's the problem we are in now. So when you feel that urge to socially shame someone for not wearing their damn mask or whatever it is, resist the urge. You've got to let it pass because all you're going to do is make it worse for them. And you just need to like breathe through it and move on um, and go find something hopefully more productive to do with your time so that's what i got hope you enjoyed and again psychologists right would love to hear from you anyone who wants to again who would love to help us out on patreon we've got some very cool rewards for you including your own show including a signed copy of wedged and we need a little bit more help to really you know to really end up at a financially stable place so until we speak again don't let the pundits do the thinking for you pause and reconsider this is eric signing off thanks everyone
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.